Like you're a referee now. Yeah, and you can't right. you can't ever that's not be right. a referee. I can't, but I never stop admiring the skills of the players either. Yeah. When I'm watching it, you're still a fan. Oh, I'm still a fan as well. Yeah. I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. In soccer circles in South Yorkshire, John Massarello was known as the Chopper. But for the past 30 years, the Don of Doncaster has been a squash referee. Since learning the game in his mid-30s, John has slowly progressed up the ranks as a ref. And today, after 20 full years on the tour, he's considered one of the greatest refs in the history of pro squash. More than once, I've enjoyed the shiver of John announcing at the tail end of a riveting match, the score, and then World Championship Ball. Two years ago at the U.S. Open in Philadelphia, John and I went into a back meeting room at the arena and recorded this interview. It's a familiar room. Working as a world-class referee at a world-class event is one of the most difficult jobs in squash. In the past half dozen years, the referees have gathered every morning in this back room to review video and talk about particular problems and trends in the game. Even though I'm working 13, 14, 15 hour days at the Open, I try to get in there early enough to sit in on these meetings. I find them incredibly interesting, going over the nuances of a particular let, stroke or no let, and they mix in a fair amount of giving stick and joking around. The referee cohort is underappreciated. They all have regular day jobs, and yet they work so hard at their craft. Usually unnoticed, they are a quiet but critical cog in the game, and John is one of the best. All right, John, uh, tell us how you got started in squash. How did I get started in squash? I was 38 years of age. You're kidding. I had finished... Oh, I was forced out of playing soccer, which I'd played all my life until then. I'd gone past the squash club in my hometown of Doncaster three times a day and didn't know the sport existed. I finished playing soccer. I'd been used to the dressing room banter for years. What am I going to do, I said. And I was saying it to a few people. And one of them said, come and have a game of squash at 38 years of age. To this day, I'm still pinching myself. <laughs> yeah. Why did you stop the soccer? Were you injured or were you just getting too old for I the was too damn run? slow. <laughs> and I was fouling more than I had done in my previous career. <laughs> what position did you play? Uh, chopper at the back. <laughs> yeah, a defensive role. Yeah, yeah but and I was called Chopper Massarella. <laughs> Yeah, and you had grown up playing football, and all through your childhood, yeah. to adulthood, and yeah, obsession. I was obsessional yeah. with it. Football. Yeah. Do you have a professional team that you dreamed of playing for, or um, follow closely? I got so far actually myself until yeah. I was eighteen years of age, and then suddenly I was a defender. Remember, mm. and I was playing in under eighteens uh, for my. Uh, team who were in the third division of the football league then and we lost two matches 6-1 and 7-1 on the trot and so I wasn't picked again <laughs> so there went my hopes of fame yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but I played I played 40 50 games a season at a decent level for another 20 years and right. I thoroughly enjoyed it right thoroughly enjoyed it yeah wow yeah. wow 
So what happened that day? You walked into the what, what was the name of the club? Uh, Doncaster, which was is near Sheffield, yeah. where the British Junior Open was being exactly. held. Exactly. So you, you walked into the club. Yeah. And what did you see? Uh, I don't know. They just took me on court, and uh, to this day. I'm no better than I was then. <laughs> I'm a horrible, terrible player. But a bit like refereeing, I'm a good operator. Mm. I always play people who are not better than me. Right. <laughs> so you might win a couple of points. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so, yeah, I played... Did you fall in love right away? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was yeah. bugged straight away, and I was thinking... Where have I missed Where's all this, this for yeah. all these years? Yeah. And within 18 months, two years, you know, the, the, the club was crowded with local tournaments within your own players. Mm -hmm. and people were arguing, they were begging for referees. And I just don't know, I just... Had you ever refereed football or any other sport? No. You, you hadn't thought, oh, I love football, I'll, I'll be a referee. Um, I had those thoughts as I was finishing playing. Yeah. So in answer to your previous question, I must have got bugged with squash mm. pretty quickly because I had thoughts of football refereeing mm. and then suddenly in no time I was squash refereeing having just taken the sport up. Wow. Within the club. Yeah. Within yeah, right. the club. Just for uh, league matches or, or uh, uh, club. Internal tournaments. Yeah, internal internal tournament, club tournaments. Box leagues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when players have played yeah. and they go down to get changed, they don't want to ref the next match. You and I in. found myself stepping in more and more and just, yeah, I like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you like? What what drew you to it? Was was it the uh, just being a part of the community and supporting the functioning of of the community? Right, you need referees. So, was it that, or was it? Did you like uh, thinking about tactics and how one player was trying? You know, what what did you what appealed to you? I think I saw number one, what I've always seen all my life. I've been self employed for forty five years now, and still going because I love it all I saw the challenge I saw the challenge in refereeing and I thought it's hard I, yeah, and I you thought, like that yep, I if want, it was easy you wouldn't have fallen every day I get up now I want a challenge I want to take something on and that it's that's what got me going the challenge of squash refereeing because surprisingly yeah I didn't know much about squash did I but straight away I saw by gum this is a difficult sport to referee yeah and you are involved in it right you're not a tennis umpire you're not a golf referee yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. this you're in absolute the involvement yeah. mm. and this challenge yeah. bugged me straight away interesting yeah so, uh, what year is this that you started? Uh, that would have been um, 80, uh, nine, nearly 1990. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, how quickly did you go beyond the club um, in terms of reference? I, I know when I did. I started in 90, and I was in the club for four years, 1994. Only doing the club for four Only years. doing the clubs, but there were these sort of tournaments there were some external tournaments coming in the Doncaster Open and what have you yeah, right. and suddenly I started seeing the likes this is a men's tournament I started seeing the likes of a 12 year old James Wilstrop and a 14 year old Nick Matthew coming to it so without going out of the club I was getting Exposed. a level of refereeing yeah. and it was just getting me and getting me, yeah. And then I did the qualification in 1994. 
for the British Open? Uh, no, just a qualification. Oh, you did to, to I, get certified I, to right. be an official Correct. referee. And yeah. did you find that hard or easy or awful? Daunting? I couldn't. I I, fa- I think I failed the written paper, and I think it was doctored for me because <laughs> they saw I wasn't too bad on the balcony, but what I was the had written right. was a bit below par. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you when you joined in on the larger referee group that cohort how many referees were there say in northern england or in england or right, in great well, britain well the process was um i started refereeing the local league games with other clubs mm. in the club mm-hmm. and then i went out into the county of mm-hmm. yorkshire mm-hmm. well if you were refereeing yorkshire league then mm-hmm. you can imagine that the quality of players who were about pj was playing for a club. Simon Park was playing for a club, and, and down down that it was yeah, real quality. Great, yeah. And so, I was learning my trade very early. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I started to run the first team in my club, mm-hmm. which was in the Yorkshire League. So I suppose I was getting to know people yeah, as well. Right. So right. it was becoming quite social for me as well yeah. because as we know any sport is no good just the sport and no social that's right they both go hand in hand right. for anyone to enjoy any sport exactly and that's yeah. what got me going yeah, yeah. and so um so you were traveling with that team every tuesday or whatever uh, wednesday night every wednesday night within yeah. a 40 mile radius right. yeah right. and so i was getting to know people all these clubs yeah. And all these people, yeah. Uh, yeah and you're sort of david campions who was a good quality player there and what have yeah. you yeah. and they were beginning to see me refereeing the fourth and fifth string on an outside court as well helping out and so without knowing it mm. I was progressing, but that wasn't what I was looking for. I was just enjoying what it was all about. That's right. And within that period, 1994 to 1999, when I went to the British Open in Aberdeen, I didn't, I wasn't looking to achieve anything. I was going with the flow. And it was just happening for me yeah. into the Yorkshire League, mm. then becoming a national referee mm-hmm. and doing a lot of refereeing. But never mm-hmm. once was I thinking. Where I don't. I probably didn't even realise there was all this ahead. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't looking for it. It just it happened very and, organically. Yeah. 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 It, it really did because of the love of what I was doing. Right. Yeah. And the people. You know. So you went to Aberdeen in 1999. In 1999, so what was I was like? appointed there by England squash for the first four days to do the Masters tournament. Okay, right. I think there were one or two higher-ranked English referees who'd put a word in the ear round and about, and I was lucky enough to get taken off the Masters after the first two days Mm -hmm. and come into the qualifying matches. I was lucky, I think I was being helped by some other higher ranked English referees say have a look at this guy and I got assessed and then they decided to put me on a first round match with uh, I think Thierry Lanku, Riding, Bolorossi, something those sort of matches. I got a second round match, then they said I got my flight home, can you stay? 
can you stay for the next day? Oh, I thought, what are they going to give me here? Are they going to give me a quarter-final of an age group? Or... And they put me on a quarter-final match of um, Del Harris and Barada. Wow! I didn't really know the background to these players or anything. Yeah. And it's probably a good job I didn't, because I'd have probably turned around and ran, you know. And really, I, I can't just think of how I refereed that match. I'm sure I don't really know what was going on. Yeah. But yeah. I suppose I always had that little skill yeah. of being able to get through tight situations without showing myself up. <laughs> yeah. So What yeah. happened in that match? Verada won. I think at that stage of Del Harris's career, it may have been going to be a little bit one-sided. Mm. But to get, I, I don't think I was even a national grade referee. And so to get a quarter-final of the British Open, everybody was looking at me. And without me doing anything, I got noticed, didn't I? Right. Yeah, right. I got noticed. And then what happened? Then it sort of started accelerating. And 1999, were... and then... Um, I refereed the women's world teams in Sheffield as just an ordinary referee. I got noticed again and I was appointed onto the world tour in 2001. Really, only two years after sort of Doing being noticed. Pros, right. But I was lucky in, as I said earlier, there was high quality Yorkshire League every Wednesday night. There was a bit of Super League on a Monday night, mm -hmm. three man teams. That was very strong squash mm. because there were a lot of world players mm. based in England at that right, time. Right. So, and then the Tuesday night, there was the Premier Squash League. And where I lived in central Yorkshire, Duffield, Nottingham, Manchester, Pontefract. I was at Pontefract. Um, I was lucky. I had clubs, all yeah. those sort of benefits. Yeah. And I had one or two or three senior referees in England who I always, I still say, I was perceptive enough to pick the good bits, mm. what they'd say to me, right. and just think, well, that doesn't quite suit my referee. I do say for an up-and-coming referee, you've got to take your opportunities, number one, and number two, you've got to listen to everything you can, watch everything you can, but you've got to be perceptive enough to pick the right bits. So, who were who were some of the referees when you started refereeing those those you know pro matches? Who who were the the, the sort of leading guys who in had been England, doing it? Yeah, in England, uh, Tony Parker, mm -hmm. who sadly died a couple of years ago, yeah. great mentor to me. Jack Flynn from Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, there was Jack Allen, of course. The um, you know Jack had a lot of a lot of ability. Uh, there was um, Bruce Kettle in England and uh, there was Wendy Danzi in my area right. who I was able to work with often yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. And, and they were welcoming to you and, and uh, teaching you or was it more like you had to learn it on your own I think I made them welcome me <laughs> <laughs> no yeah they were good they yeah. were good they were really and there good. was no uh, the ISRF or the World Squash Federation I guess by then uh, were they managing refereeing uh, in any way or was it just purely an England squash before I got to that level yeah I no or, or when you got to that level were, were they poking their heads into it or was it just an England squash uh, 
were, were the highest. Do you mean when I'd actually got yeah, on the in tour? Yeah, in the late when 90s. When I got yeah. on the tour. Yeah, um, the, yeah World Squash was, um, they were involved, but, you know, referees in the World Squash were so far flung. Um, you had to learn a lot yourself. Right. Right. You had to learn a lot yourself in those for quite a few years. It's interesting about how you want your advice is you know watch a lot, but also don't just sort of think that everybody has it exactly right. You have to pick and choose. Absolutely, uh, and to this day, yeah. to this day, I've always got my eyes watching any referee of any grade mm. because sometimes you can just pick a little bit. You think, yeah. That'll that was, my that, that, that was good. Yeah. Because to this day, I still keep adapting, yeah. changing, That's right. uh, saying different things. Yeah. And a lot of it, I've pinched from other people. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That, that is a, a, a big secret, that. Yeah. So when you started 20 years ago doing yeah. pro events to yeah. now, uh, a lot has changed in those 20 years wow. in terms of how wow. you're doing it. You went from... You know, two to three to one to video. I mean, you, you've got it. There's a whole gamut of. There was just recently, three years ago, um, in one 12 month period, I did a seven different refereeing systems. Seven? <laughs> yes. In one year? <laughs> yeah. I did about seven different systems with different things. I was, I was dizzy. What's coming next? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, really strange that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've gone from paper. Yeah. To the yeah. iPad. Yeah. How do you like that? Well, I don't know whether you know my background. I am absolutely useless in technology. I've only just learned really how to send a message on my phone. So, this was absolutely frightening for me when they produced this. It was in this very room here, probably three years ago. When Goff and Beecham said, if you can't use that, you're finished as a referee. And we're starting it at TOC in January. And I thought, wow, where am I going here? Anyway, fortunately, they did give us Omar Candini to sit with us for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I picked it up. Okay. But the funny thing that's come out of it, in those two years after when I picked it up, new referees were coming and they didn't know how to use it. And here was me teaching them. Well, that to everybody, in squash, out of squash, me teaching technology. There were just people falling over the floor laughing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what about the, the you know, going from uh, referee and marker, you know, all, all the different iterations you you know you had three of you up there for a couple of years yeah, yeah what um how do you think that all that transition's gone or are, are we at an end point now or you know is it oh, still evolving I, th I think we're absolutely there now yeah. i think it's absolutely perfect do you miss parts of what we had when we had something different than what we have now i can live with the referee marker but i was glad to see the back of the three referee system really yeah because really I didn't have enough control of what was going on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I just couldn't... Uh, you couldn't control you could, the I couldn't communicate and, and what have you unless I had a, a control of the decisions. Right. And sometimes you just wouldn't have uh, the control. You, you might be trying to send a message to the player saying, if you do that kind of thing, you're not going to get a let. Yeah. And, but if the other two referees next yeah. to you were not seeing your opinion it would, right. you wouldn't be able to get that message out that's right uh, 
to the extent I suppose I always had an eye out who was behind me and I may not look at the side referee decisions if it got a bit difficult. <laughs> I, was, I think I was known a little for that. That was definitely a stroke. We all agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the bit I did miss out about um, in the earlier years when we had no squash TV, mm. when we didn't have these meetings and the uh, player mm. liaison contact and what have you, I, the, only, the big way I did learn was whatever players would be telling me off mm. court. One-on-one. Mm. On, one on one. Yeah, the, if players came to me, I was hungry. Yeah. I was hungry for... So you I, wouldn't reject I still that. Am. Yeah, no. You would say, I'm, let's talk about this. Yeah, what are you seeing? players yeah. come to me now yeah. and want to throw something at me, Oh, it's like gold. Yeah. Because yeah. these guys, they know what it's all about. That's right. Yeah. yeah and, I, and that was the only way to learn yeah. previously in a pretty unofficial way. Yeah. We're doing it more better with the analysis and the instruction and discussion now on a regular basis. But that was really good. But it still is. If players, if two or three players think a certain thing, they're not far out. Mm. They're not far yeah. out. Well, and the game's evolved quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you can't be static in your knowledge you because you must the game is really tremendously yeah, changed. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, I, I do a lot of mentoring and assessing and what have you, mm. and I sometimes frighten referees off when I say, look, I think I might know about 60 70% now. And they're like, well, you know, where am I then? That's the sort of thing. But... It yeah. is you. It is truthful that. Yeah, it right. is truthful. You must learning. never think you can stay as you are and keep up with it. You've got to keep researching, mm. thinking, working at it, watching it, and trying to move forward all the time. When you when you watch as a fan, as a as a pure spectator at yeah. a match, are you always sort of thinking now about the refereeing and what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. And, I yeah. I've hardly missed a match this week. Right. I just keep watching. You keep watching, watching on yeah. Squash TV or live if yeah. you're at the tournament or yeah. whatever. Like, you're always kind of... Like, you're a referee now. Yeah, you can't right. You can't ever that's not be right. a referee. I can't, but I never stop admiring the skills of the players either Yeah. when I'm watching it. You're still a fan. Oh, I'm still a fan as well. Yeah. I yeah. love what I see as well. What's yeah. the What's your favorite match... In terms of that, in term, not in terms of like how well you refereed it, yeah. but just in terms of the fact that you were the referee of a great match. Do you have yeah. a match like that or a couple? Yeah, there, there was a, a final in uh, a match being the World Open final in Qatar with Nick Matthew and Rami. Mm. Yeah, and probably the previous day, the semi final of uh, uh, Mohammed El Shabagi and Nick Matthew as well. They were real, real high profile drama matches. And. Uh, that for me is great. Yeah, yeah. And you want to be in the middle of that. Oh, you, yeah. You're happy to be yes, in the drama. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think it's great. I've got the best seat as well, haven't I? You do. I've got the best seat in the yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the challenge, watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I never grow tired of it. Yeah. 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 What What's your the match that you hated the most the, the match that you felt you hadn't handled right or oh I can tell you that one it was very early in my career Qatar second round match John White and Paul Johnson uh, John White just mincemeated me mince and rightly so uh, it was it was awful I didn't do very well at all I reckon I could count four or five 
matches like that in, in, in the mm. 19, 20 years. Mm. But as I say to any referee, that is going to happen to us all sometime and somewhere. Mm. The big thing that comes out of these matches is does it make you a better referee? Mm. Those do you, do you sort of it? matches mm. are essential in the journey as a referee. They are absolutely essential and you can turn them into pluses. So if, what, what happened in that match? That Were you making in calls that you realized were incorrect or was John sort of pushing you, getting you riled no, up or what, no, what was happening? No, I was just inexperienced. Um, I did learn a, a big thing on that particular night in Qatar. I'd done my quota of four or five matches and I'd had one or two tough ones and a referee went ill. And I took on this match at 10.30 at night. And you were tired. And my, well, my guard was down yeah. and I didn't fetch it back up. I went in complacent and that's a thing I'll never ever do again. I learnt that early in my career. No, the players just eventually got irate because they... They knew I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And it was as simple as that. I don't yeah. think I did in the end. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Both of them are here right this moment. That's right. And I, I've spoken to them both about it many times. And nicely, neither of them remember it. Oh, they don't tell me they remember. They don't tell me. Who won the match? Johnny White. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So you've had your best and your worst in, in Qatar oh, in, I have. in that I stadium. Have, yeah. yeah, I suppose I've had best and worst everywhere. Actually, yeah, but, uh, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, because it never. Every match is a new match. Yeah. The sooner you remember that, yep. You know, it helps. Yeah. Don't ever be complacent. You know? Yeah. 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 But I'm a great student of watching it all and watching the day after and. Could I say do you, do you go back now that there's squash TV? Do you go back the next day and, and watch oh, the match yeah, that you yeah, refereed? Yeah, and when I when I go home as well at night when I finish work, do you? I, I don't sometimes have the oh I watch an awful lot. Yeah, I watch an awful lot. So you 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 go back to your room and you and you you relax by by going through the match. Not straight away, not straight away because you know two or three matches. Um, in a day, can it takes a toll on you, and I don't think your state of mind is is, is quite right or mm. or clear or sharp enough. Mm. I think a beer or two is the better is the better thing to do at that stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and maybe the next morning and That's, what have yeah. you is to ju- just study it and see go through it. Yeah, yeah, where and what. Yeah, yeah. To be a great referee, you need to be a great student of the game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. I mean, I. I think I'd be not very good at all as a coach. I don't think really? referee. Yeah, I don't think refereeing and coaching. No, I think you could get mixed up in it all. Uh, no, I don't think I'd make a good coach at all. Interesting. That you know a ton about the game. I do, but I still don't think I'd know. I wouldn't have the patience either. I know that <laughs> you would need to be patient at that. But you seem very patient as a referee out there. You know the players are misbehaving, and you don't get ruffled. And no, no. I no, I don't, because that is my background in my work as well. So what do you do when you're not refereeing? Well, I've over the years I've had a bakery and uh, food shops, and now I've got a tobacconist news agent. And I've got a lot of... In pro- Sheffield? or uh, In the Doncaster area, yeah. and uh, I've got uh, properties with single-room tenants. And so I have a lot of confrontation mm. in my normal life. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking... 
to diffuse mm. rather than in, incite. Mm-hmm. That's my first move all the time. So my background over the years has helped me an awful lot as a squash To referee. be calm yeah. And, yeah. and listen. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And get right outcomes. Yeah. You'll, you'll never get right outcomes if you're ruffled. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my job as a referee, yeah. to get right outcomes. And yeah. Yeah. I think it is anyway. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you want the the match to be uh, a success. That's right. Not That's just right. with the score, but with now, the, everything. We're looking to sell the sport, aren't we? And the referee is a big part of that as yeah. well. Yeah. We're looking to progress the sport. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, right. And we have a big part to play. Don't open the door. No. No. no, no don't open the door. <laughs> yeah. Stop the discussion. Stop the discussion. Yeah. Continuous no. play, right? No. And again, the other big thing is you really have to have good powers of concentration. Mm. That's why it's hard to do more than one match a day, let alone four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's draining. But, uh, but you are called upon to do a lot well, more you than are. that that's early right. rounds, you know. But yeah. you, you have to. You have to be prepared for yeah. everything going into those matches. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to. I like to. I like to know in good time which matches I'm refereeing because obviously I've got a fair bit of um, knowledge of what right. players, uh, how they play, what they say, what they do, and I like to be fully prepared for mm-hmm. all that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Will you watch video of matches? Knowing who's playing, or you don't, you don't have enough time to do that. I don't have enough time to yeah. do. But that. But you would but, like that if you. But could I've have. got quite a good library in my mind of how a player plays, how he reacts, yeah. where his levels of emotions are, and what levels of discipline I have to use with different players. Yeah. There are different levels you can make or get different players to respond in different ways how you manage them so the worst thing for you is to referee a match with a player you've never seen before because you don't know you don't know who they are correct and it's much easier even if it's a quote difficult player correct if you because you know them you've you've refereed them before you've seen them on twitch tv you get somebody brand new you're like whoa yeah 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 and i suppose again i am a bit lucky in that i'm in contact Mm. With them mm. more than a lot of referees, mm. yeah, you know. So I because you're in Europe, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, and yeah. on the tour, right, and, and then, I yeah. see they're continually evolving these mm. players, right. and uh, I'm in touch with it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Outside the Glass would like to thank our producer, Grant Irving, and all our loyal listeners who have reviewed and rated the podcast, shared their enthusiasm for it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and more importantly, has spread the word by talking about Outside the Glass with their squash friends. And may all your nicks roll.